Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, October 21st, 2022. I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by the hot takes man himself, Tyler Snyder. Tyler, going into week seven, how you feeling? Um, you know, I'm feeling all right. I am not doing very good in fantasy this year, but um, I don't even know what the numbers are, so I can't tell you. But there was a tweet that came out earlier this week saying points across the board in fantasy are ridiculously down compared to last year. So I guess it's not surprising to see a lot of people struggling, but hey, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why everybody listening is here, because uh, it's time to take these losing records or even these winning records and just get some wins in the future. So let's get some wins. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. And I think the number was 22% down. The scoring is 22% down. So not only like the biggest thing is the top players not performing. It's bringing everything else closer. These margins of victories are even closer. So these guys that we're going to tell you to start and set are even more important, like Tyler said there. Uh, But on today's show, we're going to hit some news and notes first, and then we're going to break down every single week seven game, give you injury report updates, guys who you should play, who you should avoid. Uh, And obviously guys who could fill in for bye weeks. Make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at thecouchgms, and join our Discord chat. The link is in the description of the video or podcast you are watching or listening to. All right, Tyler, let's jump in NFL news. NFL news starting off with, well, I guess the only really big piece of news. We'll cover a lot of other stuff in the actual matchups. Elijah Moore, wide receiver for the New York Jets who started off the season pretty hot is now not really being used and he is upset and he asked for a trade. And for the second time this season, the jets said, no, what do you think, Tyler? Um, I feel like at some point the jets are going to have to loosen up um, because there's too many receivers there that you're not going to be able to feed all the mounts. Like if you start mm-hmm. feeding Elijah Moore, then it's going to take away touches by Corey Davis, and he's going to want to trade. You tell him no, you start giving him the ball more, then Garrett Wilson's going to want to trade. Uh, either way, Denzel Mims is going to keep wanting a trade. So uh, I feel like at some point they're going to have to loosen up the reins and trade one of these guys. Plus, they could probably get something really, really big out of Elijah Moore. He's super talented. He's very young. Um, the issue is the Jets are actually winning games, which I don't think anybody really expected, but – they actually look good. Their defense is good. They have some offensive firepower. Zach Wilson doesn't look as bad as he did last year. Um, so I don't blame the Jets for not wanting to move a big piece like that because they need him. I think it's not a bad thing that they brought in someone like a Garrett Wilson. Having two number one wide receivers is not a bad thing. But it's a bad thing when you have a quarterback playing like Zach Wilson who's doing okay, doing well enough to win games. But he's not doing well enough to, like you said, feed all the mouths that they have in that offense. Um, so you're not going to be able to keep everyone happy in that situation. I'm only a little shocked that Elijah Moore asked for a trade because they're doing so well. As you also said, like I, you could see him end up getting traded to a team. Like, I mean, I feel like the top three teams that are looking for a wide receiver are the Titans, the Packers and the Ravens. All of them are actually doing worse than the New York jets. He could end up getting a trade, maybe raise his actual stock slightly, but end up on a team that is worse off than the team he's on now. I thought he would end up wanting to stay where he's at because he knows there's actually a chance at a playoff run with the Jets right now. Man, I didn't think I was going to say that this year. But Yeah, it's not about that, though. It's about it's about volume. Like, 
star players, and I know Elijah Moore hasn't done enough to be considered a star, but that, that's what he was drafted to be. He was drafted to be a star, and star players want the ball. Star players aren't the guys that sit back and say, well, as long as we're winning, then I'm happy. Like That's what backup quarterbacks say when they realize they're no longer good enough to start. That's who says that. Not star receivers, and I think last week he only saw one target. Um, like it's it's bad. Like I don't understand how you're not using him more. Um, he is so valuable. He is so talented that uh, you got to give him the targets. You got to try to give him the ball. Um, but I feel like that's enough on this trade because uh, it's trade not a quest. trade because it's not happening. <laughs> um, if he does get traded, Titans, please listen. Please make some phone calls. Um, but either way. Let's move on from this. Let's get into the things people really want to hear, and that is the Week 7 preview. And obviously in Week 7, we're still in the peak of bye weeks. We have four teams on bye this week. It is the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings, the Buffalo Bills, and the Los Angeles Rams. Rams, you have a little bit more time to try to facilitate a trade for Cam Akers, I see, but... That's actually a pretty big bye week. There's a lot of big names in fantasy not playing this week at every position. So we're going to have to try to figure out where to find guys to plug and play in your lineup. And that's our hard job here as we go through every single game. We'll start off in Sunday, one o'clock window with the Cleveland Browns traveling to the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns actually looking pretty healthy, but the Ravens obviously are still banged up. Rashad Bateman, who has not played the last two weeks, was a limited participant in practice. I think there's a chance he's going to be back this week. Could be good if you're missing one of those receivers. But Mark Andrews and J.K. Dobbins both did not practice with knee injuries. I expected this with Dobbins. Andrews seems kind of out of nowhere to me. Yeah, the report I heard is that Andrews does, like, he has a sore knee. But for the mm-hmm. most part, it was just kind of like a day of rest. Uh, they just want to, like, give him some extra time off because he's getting getting used so much. They still expect him to play. So I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be I mean, have a backup plan in mind for Andrews, but I still expect him to be out there at 1 o'clock. Yeah, and when it comes to Dobbins, I think this is where we're kind of looking at the first of these maybe waiver wire guys that could be relevant this week. Even if Dobbins is playing but limited, Kenyon Drake has looked very explosive, actually. It looks like the Raiders are not smart for getting rid of him at this point. He's been the best back on the Ravens so far this year um, and could be a decent spot start even against a middle round you know middle of the road Browns defense yeah I don't hate the pick I don't love the pick but I guess it depends on where I mean who you had if you're missing Dalvin Cook Miles Sanders um I mean you're not maybe even Daryl Henderson you're probably not worried about missing Singletary if you're missing I I don't know about that though Singletary's actually been a lot better than we thought yeah I will never trust that man um no but (laughs) If you're missing one of them, yeah, maybe he's throwing a Kenyon Drake. Still not a guy I love. Another guy I don't love and I am out on after last week. He burned me, and I was really disappointed. Um, that's Devin DuVernay. I was really expecting a big week from him with Bateman out, and he just flatlined that he was nowhere to be found. Um, I feel like he's not reliable enough. DuVernay is talented enough that he will put up those really big weeks, but you're going to be guessing and trying to pick which week that's going to be. And I, that's not the way I like to play fantasy unless I have to. So I'm out on DuVernay this week. hundred percent with you. And I was also somebody who actually had a couple of stocks of DuVernay in a couple of leagues last week and was disappointed. But uh, 
I don't know of anybody else then besides your normal core of players on the Ravens that you really want to start. We can move over to the Brown side where we finally saw the first game where Nick Chubb looked human. Uh, I still saw the pretty, pretty decent volume, uh, but the Patriots defense has been very solid against running backs. So I guess it's a, th- a situation we should have seen coming and not something I think it's going to be replicated. Um, but sticking with the running backs, the man who's really been disappointing this year, someone who we used to think was a potential flex player every week is Kareem Hunt. And especially against the Ravens defense, that's opportunistic. I'm not playing him this week, but I think he's kind of fallen out of that every week flex potential category. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard for me to say he's not in that spot because I've been a guy that's been out on Kareem Hunt for years, um, mm-hmm. even when he was performing as an every week flex and looking solid. And I've gotten burned by him playing against me plenty of times, uh, but I've always been out on Kareem Hunt. I'm always out on AJ Dillon. Uh, I'm always out on Tony Pollard. Like I'm always out. There's backup running backs that definitely do enough to be startable. I don't like it. I'd rather have the starter, even if it's a sucky starter over a backup. That's really good. Um, now if the starter goes down, that's a whole different story. But as long as Nick Chubb is in there, he's going to steal the volume. Cream hunt might steal a couple touchdowns here and there, but again, I don't like living on the risk. I don't like living on. You need to have a touchdown to be good. So I'm out on cream hunt as well. Um, but on the Browns side, one person who's been very surprisingly good, I guess it shouldn't even be surprising. Uh, Amari <laughs> Cooper. He's been pretty solid mm-hmm. this season. Shouldn't be surprising. I kind of felt like he was going to take a step back and it's Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball. So, I mean, come on. Um, but he has been very good, very solid, and he has been an every week starter. So I think you're definitely rolling with Amari Cooper. Uh, the issue is outside of Chubb, Cooper, and maybe tight end dartboard in Joku, that's that's pretty much it from the Browns that I'm starting. I don't know about you. I'm with you there. I mean, I think there's going to always be the Donovan Peoples-Jones truthers out there. They're like, he's going to have a week. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to guess the one week every season where he tries to actually play starting wide receiver. Um, but Amari Cooper, at the least, even if he does end up having a dud, you just know you're going to get volume. Like his receiving percentage right now, I think sure it's pretty bad. But 12 targets last week and scored a touchdown. Like I'll take that chance on him every single week at this point. Uh, I think that wraps up Browns Ravens. We can move ourselves on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Carolina Panthers and the Bucks are finally starting to get healthy and it doesn't seem to be making much of a difference. Let's start with that because they still lost last week. They struggled on offense until the fourth quarter. Uh, the only two on their injury report right now are Cameron Brait, who did not practice with his neck injury. I don't think he's going to play after that hit he took last week and Julio Jones is limited. But everyone else, like they have so many weapons that they could be missing one, two of them and still be fine, but maybe not. Yeah, Tom Brady, man, (laughs) how does it feel to retire on top and then throw away your marriage and family just to return to a game and suck? Man, that's just fitting for your career, goat. But either way, fantasy podcast, I don't need to get into his personal life. Uh, (laughs) Look, Brady looks bad and... He just he doesn't have the arm strength like he he can't get it as deep as he used to. And look, say what you want about Brady. You can still be like, yeah, well, he still makes the playoffs every year. Yeah, well, he's still the goat. Like, cool. Say what you will. I watched last week and I watched a game where I watched the Bills game, the Bills Chiefs game where I watched, you know, Mahomes scrambling out and throwing the pat, throwing the ball. And I watched Josh Allen making these like ridiculous plays. And I was just like. 
Tom Brady can't do any of this. Like, he's just outdated. It's not that he's bad. He's just outdated. Like, the game mm-hmm. has evolved to a new level. And, like, you see the Lamar Jacksons, the Justin Herberts, like, hell, even the Tuas and the Tannehills are doing more than this guy is. Jalen Hurts, another guy. Kyler Murray. You can go on and on. Like, the game has evolved past where Tom Brady's at, and I don't feel like he's able to compensate. Uh, and because of that, like, the Bucks are struggling. From a fantasy standpoint, I feel like you got Leonard Fournette, uh, you're still gonna start, even though he's been struggling. Like you're still gonna start him. Um, yep. Chris Godwin is he's a he he's led a the team play. in targets by a wide margin last week, actually. So he just didn't do much with it. That's the issue. But no, as long as he's getting the targets, Chris Godwin's always been talented. He'll do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Evans is another guy that's like he's touchdown happy. He's probably gonna catch all the touchdowns, especially with Brait most likely being out. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are your three guys that you're starting. If you have Tom Brady on your roster, because you're like, oh, sneaky late round quarterback, I think he's droppable. I think he's absolutely droppable, and there's a free agent quarterback that you can get, and that'll be better. I know that sounds crazy. That's my hot take for the day, but I think you move on. Man, I have Tom Brady on my roster in our league of record. And the team's good. It's just quarterback that I'm struggling at. And I still have two other quarterbacks on my roster that are not as good as Tom Brady. Like, I, we'll try to take some dives into some quarterbacks in the next couple of games that could be good replacements for you. But, uh, like, it's hard to find somebody that's going to be consistent week to week at that position, which is why some people are stuck with someone like a Tom Brady who is mediocre. But when you think about it, like a lot of these star quarterbacks are putting up 12, 10 points a week. Tom Brady has still had like a 16 in there and 18. And then he throws a 10. Like it's just not pretty when it comes to that position, once you're out of the top tier. Uh, But we have to talk about the Panther side because they also have some quarterback issues. Oh, go ahead. I said, do we? (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, not really. Uh, Baker Mayfield was limited participant in practice. I would not be too, uh, you know, go. I would not overreact to that. PJ Walker is probably still starting for them, which means the only person and probably for the long term, the only person you're going to start on that team is Christian McCaffrey. Is that it? Christian McCaffrey. I've even d- <laughs> dropped DJ Moore in leagues now. I know we talked about it on the podcast before. Don't drop DJ Moore. He might get traded. But I got to the point where my roster wasn't able to wait any longer. Uh, plus mm-hmm. there's some idiots that are dropping big name players. So I got to go snag them real quick. But uh, I, I had to drop him like, cause I'm not going to start him. I don't feel comfortable starting him. I got in a position this week where I was like, man, I got to drop somebody to pick up a free agent because it's either start DJ Moore or a random free agent play. I'll take the free agent. And that's a bad position to be in. Um, so yeah, it's basically Panthers are McCaffrey or bust. That's it. <sighs> Yeah, I think that wraps up that. We can go on to the Atlanta Falcons traveling to the Cincinnati Bengals. And one of those quarterbacks who's kind of been on that borderline of do you play him, do you not? And the matchup's not great this week, but maybe you still do over a Tom Brady. Marcus Mariota. I know Tyler's a big fan of Marcus Mariota. The real goat. (laughs) Marcus Mariota. But really... In the matchup against the Bengals, they are top 10 against the quarterback. Do you trust it? Um, yes and no. I know that's a cop out. Um, the Bengals are ranked fifth against the quarterback. All right. The San Francisco 49ers are sixth against the quarterback. And Mariota put up 24 points his best week of the season against the San Francisco 49ers. So 
But then you go and look at the Cleveland Browns, who are 17th against the quarterback. He put up 2.8. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, who are 23rd against the quarterback, he put up 14. Um, I think Mariota is going to give you like between 13 to 16, most likely most weeks. He doesn't throw a whole lot. So the reason that he is valuable is because of the rushing. Um, he mm-hmm. has scored in three rushing touchdowns already this year. He has broken 50 yards rushing in three different games. Um, he's going to run the ball and running quarterbacks are a cheat code. If you're in desperate need of a quarterback, he's not a bad option. Yes. The Bengals are good against the quarterback, but you're not just playing him for his throwing. And that's why he still has some value. However, if you have other options out there, he's not my first target. I'm pretty much with you there. It is also like to your point, he threw 14 passes last week. They ran the ball 40 times through it 14. So he got three touchdowns. It's not often you're saying you're going to see a guy throw 14 passes, complete 13 and get two touchdowns in that. He also ran for a touchdown. His ceiling is low just because of that. But if he runs in a touchdown, he's almost guaranteed to have you a good week. So it's the whole give and take of the entire thing. But in this matchup, I'd rather avoid it if I can. And the other person I'd rather avoid on the Falcons is someone who we we're really hoping was going to break out, and that's Tyler Algier. Um, it really stinks that he came in and had his opportunity and now has faced three red matchups in a row to start off his uh, tenure of starting. And then you add on to the fact that Caleb Huntley is basically splitting 50-50 with him right now, and it's just not a good look. Yeah, that's annoying. Um, as good as you want to say Caleb Huntley is, he started the game well last week and then absolutely imploded and ended up doing nothing. His average yards per carry were garbage. Um, and yet, Algier wasn't able to get into a rhythm because they didn't play him basically till the second half. That's annoying. Algier is a rookie. Um He's one of your most promising prospects on your roster, and your starting running back is down. And your starting running back is an old receiver. Like, Algier is the running back of the future, not Caleb Huntley. This is your chance to get Huntley, or not, yeah, get Algier some carries, get him some touches, and get him ready to take over whenever it is his chance to be the full-time starter. And yet, you're not running him as much. It's just, it's frustrating to me. I don't understand why teams do that. Um but either way, I mean, it's oh, God, I'm sorry. But this it reminds me of the Eagles of last year where like Miles <laughs> yes. Sanders and Kenny, Kenny Gainwell were like 50 50 split and Gainwell looked really good. And then Miles Sanders got hurt. And I'm like, oh, it's time. They're finally going to let Gainwell take all the carries. And they're like, you know what? Boston Scott. Like, <laughs> why? Adding Jordan like, Howard into that mix too it was just like, it's and, like and Jordan Howard good. could end up being the Damian Williams of this situation because Damian Williams is on injury reserve for the Falcons. He is almost ready to come off. Like he could end up just jumping right in there, and making it worse. It's it's so bad, and they have such talent at the running back position on their roster. It's just not going to be fantasy relevant. It's just <laughs> frustrating. But you know, I feel like Mariota's value is limited because of the fact that they don't trust their receivers very much. Like you got Drake London and nothing else. London can't get open because they're double, triple covering him. And Kyle Pitts, as much as we want to say, he's like the greatest tight end of our generation. He hasn't done anything to prove it yet. And he just doesn't look like himself yet this year. I think his nagging injuries are causing him some problems. So uh, I feel like on this Falcon side of the ball, you're kind of avoiding everybody. If you desperately need to start somebody, I mean, you still can roll out London, but I really don't want to unless I have to. So I feel like just avoid the Falcons this week. 
Uh, on the Bengals side of the ball, uh, Jamar Chase was limited in practice, and Higgins went from limited in practice to a full participant in practice. Looking good for him to start this week. Um, at the receiver side, if Chase is going, you're going to play him. You, you don't bench Jamar Chase. That's just how it is. Uh, if T. Higgins is going, which he should be, you're probably playing T. Higgins. You're playing Joe Mixon. You're playing Joe Burrow. Um, is there anybody else on the Bengals side that you're throwing in your matchup? Maybe a Tyler Boyd, maybe a Hayden Hurst. Tyler Boyd concerns me because I do think the Falcons can keep the game close, which obviously then means better for Tyler Boyd. They're going to have to throw the ball more. Uh, but with the Falcons running the ball so much, like the clock's just going to tick, tick, tick the whole entire time. Um, I'm trying to avoid Boyd, avoid Boyd. Um, but if you're in a bye week situation with one of those guys out and he's your best, that he might be your best option. It's not a bad flex play. So he's on that borderline. Um, I think that does basically cover the Bengals. So we can keep it moving here and move on to an NFC matchup between the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak is cleared and back. So Dak is back. Dak Return is back. Dak. Man. I know that means that you have a much more positive outlook of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, is there anybody else that gets a boost with Dak coming back? Um, well, CeeDee Lamb was limited in practice, so we do have to keep an eye on him. But if CD is available, like I feel like CD gets a boost. I feel like everybody gets a boost. Um, and, and this is what I said. Like I was very impressed with Cooper Rush to be able to go on that four-game win streak. But like mm-hmm. I said, in that four-game win streak, he threw four touchdown passes. Like It's not like he was lighting the world on fire. They were led by a solid one-two punch at running back and – a really good defense like that's why they were doing well um and their competition wasn't that stout then you go up against the eagles who are a better team and you have to rely on the quarterback for a game and he showed his true colors as soon as it got to a game where it's like the quarterback had to do something to win he's like ah, here's the ball you can have it um mm-hmm. he's just he wasn't good so i feel like you get a huge uptick from dak prescott um i think it's really really good for the cowboys that they lost in Cooper Rush's last game with him playing poorly because it's never good. If he would have beat the Eagles, you would have had quarterback controversy all year. I don't care how bad you think Cooper Rush really is. If they went 5-0 and and beat the Eagles, they, you would have seen all year like Dak makes one mistake. Well, it should be Cooper Rush. I feel like the fact that Cooper Rush sucked, Dak will be able to focus. No one's going to be saying replace him. He's going to be able to do his thing. Um, but like you said, like Zeke, he's my big uptick right here. Yeah, and I do think that he might actually see a bit of a downgrade in the number of touches. Um, I hope that they take them away from Pollard when they do him. I think that Zeke needs the touches to get into a rhythm. Um, But there are definitely going to be more willing to pass the ball now that Dak is back. So there's no more 25 to 30, you know, running back handoffs in the game, most likely. Uh, But I hope Zeke still gets 15. And if that's the case, he should be completely fine as the defense. uh, Defense of the Lions, especially. Uh, Do they play defense? I'm not convinced they really do. Um, so there's a good chance that a lot of Dallas Cowboys eat, but I think the people I'm limiting it to are Dak is good to go back in your lineup, C.D. Lamb, and Zeke. And I think Tony Pollard can be a borderline flex play if you're in a desperate flex situation. Um, and then dartboard Dalton Schultz. Yeah, um, Dalton Schultz is Cody's guy that Cody seems to think will at some point break out and be the guy. Um I still I need to see more out of him. I really like Dalton Schultz. I was a big fan of him last year, but he has not proved himself this year with or without Dak. So um, I need to wait and see on him before I throw him in my lineup. I'd rather you know take a chance on a a Robert Tunyon who's been playing better lately 
than I would on Dalton Schultz just yet. So look at the waiver wire. If you're up in the air about some potential tight end plays, just let us know. But I think that's enough for the Cowboys. I don't like talking the Cowboys that much to begin with. Uh, let's go to the Detroit Lions because they're actually like an interesting team. Josh Reynolds has had a really, really good season and looks like a borderline everyday play, but he did not practice. Uh, DJ Chark also did not practice, but DeAndre Swift was limited. There's a mm-hmm. chance he might play this week. And the big one, Amra St. Brown, uh, he's a full participant in practice. So I think Amra is, with him being a full participant, he's going to play this week. Um, yep. And with him playing, he's got to be in your lineup. I don't give a, a rat's booty. Um, throw him in your lineup. <laughs> he's an every week starter. Don't take him out for any reason, unless he's hurt. Um, do not take him out of your lineup. Uh, DeAndre Swift, if he plays, he's in your lineup. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's that good. I don't care. I know he's had some up and down weeks. He might not. He's going to be another roller coaster player, but he's too good. You're going to have him in your lineup. Yeah, I'll say I'm I'm playing either Swift if he does go or if he doesn't go Williams. I'm not playing both, um, especially because the Cowboys defense has been solid. So like I'm also avoiding Jared Goff. I actually had him in our sits uh, on the CouchGMs.com in our start sit article. Not because I don't think the Lions are going to put up points, but I think turnovers are going to happen. So it's going to lower that ceiling for Jared Goff this week. Um, but yeah, no, it's so nice to see DeAndre Swift's probably going to be back. St. Brown did play in their game before the bye, but he was limited. So now I could see a full workload for him, especially because their wide receiver core is going to be down to potentially three players. And it'll be him, Tom Kennedy, and Khalif Raymond. Um, Not exactly great receivers around him. I think it just means bigger things for Amra, but it also means big things for TJ Hawkinson. And I think TJ Hawkinson is becoming that guy that is starting. I know he's not there yet, Mm -hmm. but he is starting to break into that upper echelon of tight ends. Um, you know, along with the the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles, the Mark Andrews, the guys that you're like, I have this guy. I'm good at tight end. I don't have to worry. He is starting to break into that mold. Um, he showed himself last year, and he still fell in drafts this year, I guess, because he's a lion. Um, and he is showing himself again this year. No, he's not always consistent, but outside of Kelsey, you show me one tight end that is. Um, even Andrews has some down weeks, but I think that. Hawkinson's definitely got to be in your lineup. Amra's got to be in your lineup and Swift's got to be in your lineup. Um, Only other thing I will say on this matchup before we leave is I like to try to highlight some potential defensive streamers and the Cowboys are probably owned pretty much everywhere because they're really solid defense. And I know it seems easy like, Oh, Cowboys defense against the lions. Easy play. Let's not be so sure. Uh, The lions are one of the highest scoring teams in the league and they're getting two of their best players back. I would be cautious about the Cowboys defense this week and I might try to look elsewhere. I'm with you. That's a very good um, way to put it there. So I can move us on to a matchup with two tight ends that you may want to put on the dartboard. And I am a little bit sketched out about Uh, it's the New York giants versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And of course those two tight ends are Evan Ingram and Daniel Bellinger. Um, I'll start on the Giants side because Bellinger looks like he's somebody who's starting to break out and it is just touchdown dependency. Um, And I get it. A lot of tight ends outside the upper echelon of tight ends are touchdown dependent, but the odds of him now getting a touchdown for a third straight week, he's gotten two straight weeks. This is why people are thinking starting to jump on the bandwagon Um, and against the Jaguars defense, which is top 10 against the tight end just seems very unlikely to me. I think Bellinger has a chance to break onto the dartboard in future weeks, but this week, not one of them. Yeah, I agree with you. And 
look, we call it the dartboard for a reason. It's <laughs> it's a dartboard. It's a crapshoot. Um, if there is somebody you end up liking a lot more than somebody else and they're on that dartboard, like go ahead and go for it. But no, I agree with you. He is a potential there. Um, honestly, a lot of the rookie tight ends are kind of impressing a little bit, um, but none of them are consistent enough. Outside of that, I mean, look, the Giants, you got Barkley. Yep. That's it. Did, did you want me to I keep mean, going? I'll, I'll I actually, like, I'll say Wandale Robinson is a potential guy if you're looking for somebody at the wide receiver position. I know I'm in a couple of leagues where I'm between bye weeks and like, you know, bench players underperforming. I'm desperate. And he's somebody that's on my radar as a potential start. I don't love it, but the rookie only played a quarter of the snaps last week and put up the solid numbers. Like the Giants have to throw the ball to somebody, even if they're only going to throw the ball 20 times a game. He seems like the best option. Like he's going to have some kind of a floor. Uh, it's just not going to, it's not going to be pretty every single week. We just got to hope for this week because we need help. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not thrilled on Wandale, but I guess look, you got to look at the situation. You're talking about a week where um, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cooper cup are all out. Uh, and you missed Justin Jefferson too. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson. Like it's a huge <laughs> week for receivers being out. So if you're desperate, I guess you could do worse, but I would try to avoid Wandale if I could. Well, there's two Jags receivers you can't play and it's Jamal Agnew who's did not practice and Marvin Jones was limited. I guess you could end up playing him, but do not play Marvin Jones. It's too inconsistent. Uh, but Christian Kirk, who's also been Mr. Inconsistent. <laughs> Um, did have a touchdown last week. Looked like he's starting to make a little bit of a rebound, but Giants defense, tough matchup for wide receivers. He literally only looked good because he got a touchdown. The the targets and the reception still aren't there. I'm trying to avoid Kirk. I mean, I feel like I'm going to start sounding like Cody. Like, I don't start any wide receivers, except, you know, with wide receivers instead of running backs. But I, I don't see much of a chance for Kirk to have a great game. Yeah, the Giants defense has been like surprisingly good this year. Um, it's honestly both of these defenses have been surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, both of these teams have been surprisingly good. Like <laughs> it's it's Jags and Giants. This is supposed to be a crappy game that like four people will tune into um, on accident and forget it's on. Like this is actually <laughs> a good game. Like this could really go down to the wire and be a really exciting game, but yeah. sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, yeah. Now Christian Kirk, again, you got to think about the amount of receivers that are out uh, with the amount mm-hmm. of people that are out. I feel like Kirk could be a solid play. If, if you're asking me, I would play Kirk over Wandale. Um, okay. So I saw with him, um, it really depends on the player. Like you got to let me know, like if you're talking Wandale Robinson or Christian Kirk, I'm going Kirk. Are you talking Alec Pierce versus, Christian Kirk, I might be going Alec Pierce. Um, so it depends on the guy. Um, if you guys are out there questioning who to start, let us know. We can answer those questions for you better. I'll actually hit you with one um, because we did get a fan question that we did answer online earlier, um, but I don't think I actually ever got your specific thoughts on it. Uh, so it is um, Nate who's out here saying that he has um, Justin Jefferson on by. Obviously, here we are. Um, he has Wandale Robinson as an option. He had picked up Robbie Anderson, who obviously plays on Thursday. You'll know how he did after, before we do here. Um, but I was avoiding him for a Thursday night because he was only in the building for two days. 
Um, and then his other option is Garrett Wilson. So it's Garrett Wilson or Ron Wandale Robinson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Okay. Garrett Cody Wilson. and I did I, differ I, and say Wandale, but it's pretty close. Yeah, and I know you're big against Garrett Wilson. I know he's not getting the targets, but um, I just – it's not that I trust Zach Wilson more than Daniel Jones, but, I mean, just look at the offenses. If Wandale Robinson is the only receiver – that the Giants have. Like, yeah, they're going to be playing hard for Saquon, but outside of that, they're going to be trying to shut down Wandale Robinson because that's all they have. Um, where the Jets have three really good receivers, and even though Elijah Moore is not getting the targets, you still have to give him some attention. Um, and with him getting attention, and don't you dare leave Corey Davis without attention, it's the true. three-headed split allows it so that there's less coverage on Garrett Wilson, and I feel like he's been doing a lot with it. Uh, I think that Garrett Wilson is more of Zach Wilson's favorite target over Elijah Moore. So I think Wilson is primed for a bigger game. Either way, you're talking boomer bust. Like one of these guys is going to yep. get a touchdown and you're trying to pick which one does it. Um, I like Garrett Wilson better for that. All right. I mean, it is basically a dartboard at the wide receiver position here we're talking about. But why don't you keep talking, Tyler? Move us on to our next game. Colts Titans. Yeah, Colts suck. Um, that's... <laughs> That is listed on here, so I had to make sure to throw that in there. I don't, I don't know who you wrote might, that. You might not have added that. Yeah, <laughs> not sure who wrote that on that matchup, but yeah, Colts suck. That's what it says. I had to throw that in there. Um, so Justin or Justin, wow, it's been a long day. It has Jonathan been a long Taylor. day. Jonathan Taylor, uh, limited from limited in practice to full participant in practice. Of course, Jonathan Taylor, um, got his feelings hurt so much in the Titans Colts game. Um, cause he was worse than Derrick Henry that he had to sit out and pout until he finally had a chance to beat him again. Um, so Jonathan Taylor will return to play worse than Derrick Henry yet again this week. So if you have him on your team, you're going to throw him in your lineup. Um, Dion Jackson and Naheem Hines were both full participants. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's back. I, they're both on your bench. Like they are both on yep. your bench. Dion Jackson's borderline droppable. Uh, unless Taylor gets hurt again, because I feel like the only one that's going to get any value is going to be Hines in the pass catching situations. But even he isn't going to be valuable enough to start. Um, on the Titans side, uh, they're healthy. Like, it's weird. They were one of the most injured teams in the league this year. Um, but now, like, most of their team is healthy. You still don't have Racy McMath back. You still don't have Traylon Burks, who's still on IR. But uh, Kyle Phillips is back. The rest of the team is looking pretty good. So, um, you're starting your normal guys on the Titan side. You're going to be starting uh, Derrick Henry. And that's probably it. If you're desperate for a quarterback, you could do worse than Tannehill, but you're not trying to throw him in. Um, if you're desperate for a quarterback, you can do worse than Matt Ryan, but you're not trying to throw him in. Like they're both yep. kind of in that same boat. Um, tight end Titans have Austin Hooper trying to get rid of him. So probably wouldn't go for him. Um, and wide receiver Robert Woods is a potential flex play. Uh, he will be a potential flex play all week, all all season. He's going to get his targets. He's going to get his yards, but he's not a like super flashy guy on a high passing offense. So he's not going to give you those huge numbers. But in a week where you're missing 100 receivers, you could do worse than Robert Woods. George, you want to go with these uh, garbage Colts and tell me who to start then? Um, you already said Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Matt Ryan is on your potential guys to stream at quarterback, but you're still trying to find better, obviously. Um, and then it's Michael Pittman. 
I don't see anybody else on that team. I'm, I'm avoiding the tight ends who like to take turn scoring touchdowns and aren't consistent at all. Um, I'd rather not get stuck with a zero on my, <laughs> my tight end spot. I'd rather go with one of these guys who's going to at least get me two before he gets me, you know, nothing. Uh, but I think it's just Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, potential Ryan. Yeah. So I don't hate Alec Pierce. I feel like Alec Pierce is getting enough targets. He's getting enough yards that he is borderline startable. And you have to look at the matchup. So number one corner for the Titans is Christian Fulton. Fulton's been kind of shutting people down this year. Um, and that's who's going to be matched up with Michael Pittman. It's going to be a good battle. Last time they played, it was kind of like 50-50 for who won. Um, but the other corner is Caleb Farley, who, um, if you're not sure who Caleb Farley is, he's the guy that let some no-name wide receiver, Diami Brown, for the Washington Commanders burn him time after time. Um, like, he's struggling this year. He is getting burned. So, Alec Pierce will be lined up against him. Um, I think it's a good matchup for him. I think that Pierce could be a borderline flex play this week. Yeah, I don't hate it. He's been a guy that's just been around 10 points. He might end up being one of our consistent guys, like maybe take over the Brandon Cooks role, who has not been good this year. But we'll get to the Texans later. We have one more 1 o'clock game. And I'm going to have to guess, try to do my best Cody impression as it's the Green Bay Packers against the Washington Commanders. Everyone was worried about Aaron Rodgers coming into the week. He was a did not practice on Wednesday. He then fully participated in practice on Thursday. So it was just kind of a rest day because he is slightly banged up. Um, when it comes to his weapons at wide receiver, not that he really has any. Randall Cobb was a did not practice. He is probably out for at least a week or two here with his injury. Christian Watson is still not back. He is did not practice. Alan Lazard is kind of been the least sexy wide receiver play in the league this year like he does not look like he should be doing good but he's scoring touchdowns he's getting the red zone targets he's getting enough targets just not turning them into enough catches but he's getting about 10 a week and he's really only had one week the one week he did have under 10 he still scored a touchdown so it was still like 8.9 points or something like it's not pretty but if you just need somebody to keep you afloat alan lazard is your guy yeah I mean, it's look, Robert Tunyon's getting a lot of targets, so uh, you could probably start him on the tight end dartboard as well. Um, yep. Not a guy I'm like thrilled to throw out there, but if you need a tight end, you could do worse than Tunyon. Um, Alan Lazard, he's wide receiver too. Maybe flex play. Again, not sexy, but, um, you know, talking about garbage quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, for fantasy purposes, this man doesn't have it. He doesn't have it this year. I watched nope. him this past week. And normally when quarterbacks struggle, you're like, oh, well, he doesn't have any receivers. Oh, well, his offensive line is not blocking. Oh, well, the refs are kind of going the other way. I watched this man have plenty of time, receivers wide open, and just flat miss them time after time. I don't think he has a good connection with them. Or maybe he's just not with it right now. Like maybe he, he usually does figure it out at some point. But right now, he's borderline droppable, man. I'm with you. I am definitely not putting him in my starting lineup. And if you drop him, I wouldn't blame you. It just feels wrong dropping someone with the name of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then the running backs. We have to mention really quick before we move on to Washington because you kind of roasted the Packers earlier in the week about their usage of running backs. Yeah. And I don't think A.J. Dillon is startable. He's going to get enough touches to make him look like he could be a flex play, but he's just not been effective. And then on the flip side, Aaron Jones, I think, is in your lineup, and you're just hoping he gets more of those touches away from A.J. Dillon, as you said. 
Yeah, I feel like you're still starting Aaron Jones if you have him because he's Aaron Jones and you drafted him high enough that you have to start him. But honestly, I don't feel good about either of these running backs because of their usage. Like, if they both get 10 carries a game because they're completely splitting, then what running back are you like, oh, he got 10 carries. He's got to kill it. Like, outside of, like, Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey or, you know, the Jonathan Taylor of last year, like, there's not many running backs that you could say you're getting 10 carries and be like, oh, yeah, I want to play him. Um, And that might be all they get. Yeah, but, like, Aaron Jones at 10 carries, and I'm trying to think of other guys that are probably going to get you 10 touches even. Uh, Antonio Gibson might get you 10. He might not even do that because of Brian Robinson in, um, Latavius Murray, potentially, um, James Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Like I would rather start Aaron Jones over all of them. So there's no doubt Aaron Jones is in my lineup because it's like the moment you bench him is the moment he's going to get two touchdowns because it's just going to happen. Um, but then on the Washington side, I did mention Antonio Gibson a little bit and Brian Robinson has Robinson is really taken over. Despite him not looking effective with the 17 carries he got last week, 17 carries is, I want that in my lineup because Washington wants to feature him. And now that Carson Wentz is out, they got to be confident with Taylor Heineke to an extent, but they're still going to focus on the run game. So the opportunities there, he's a guy who can get a goal line touchdown at the snap of a finger. So he, I think he's got to be in your lineup. Yeah, he's a, He's not doing that much with his opportunities so far, but they're trying to force him. Like the Washington Mm -hmm. commanders right now are like a Madden team that are really trying to progress their rookie running back with skill points. So they're like, let's just force the ball to him and every skill position we, or every chance we can. Uh, That's basically what they're doing. Um, So Brian Robinson's going to continue to progress his Madden rating throughout the season. And he's going to get more valuable. Um, and he's going to get more points because of it. But no, he, he honestly is startable. He's in a yeah. better matchup this week than he was last week. Um, the Packers, Cody likes to harp like the Packers don't allow good running backs. They're one of the best teams against the running back. I think they're like second worst against the running back this year or something crazy like that. So it's a much better matchup. I like Brian Robinson. Um, I tried Curtis Samuel. I got burned right now. I'm not starting McLaurin. I'm not starting Samuel. I'm not starting dots and i'm not starting anybody i don't care um they're all out on my squad here the uh, only guy i'm starting is brian robinson uh green bay is 12th again or 12th worst against the running back so they're right on that edge of being a red mat or a green matchup for running back so um somewhere between where you and cody would fall but a little closer to the they give up good you know good amount of points to running backs but i thought i was gonna be the only one that said robinson's the only guy to start on washington so glad you're kind of in on that boat with me and that really does wrap up the one o'clock games we can move on to four o'clock where we have uh the new york jets traveling to the football team that we don't really think is a football team in denver the denver broncos (laughs) and i gotta start with running back drama because we all saw in that primetime game that we had to watch again with Denver that Melvin Gordon was basically benched. And we're all like, what? I mean, maybe it had something to do with the injury. He was limited coming into the game. Um, but he said apparently had a good talk with the coaching staff. They say Melvin Gordon will be their starting running back this week. As somebody who has Melvin Gordon in a couple situations where they're desperate at running back, do you trust that he is going to not only just start, but get enough carries to put him in your lineup? Nope. 
If, if you that made me feel so good. Thank you. If you desperately need to throw him in your lineup, like go for it. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable at all. I don't feel comfortable starting a Bronco. Like you got Cortland. Sutton. Are we I'm even st- off Cortland Sutton's bandwagon I, here? Like, like I'm still starting Cortland Sutton. Um, I feel like he's still doing enough, but even he's not been thrilling. Like nobody in the Broncos looks good. Russell Wilson looks like garbage. Like I'm at the point where, okay, this is gonna sound crazy, but <laughs> I'm at the point where I honestly think the Broncos would be doing better with Drew Locke right now than Russell Wilson. I know that's crazy. That's a hot take. I know, but that's just how bad Russ is playing. Like it's just all around ugly. Like the Broncos are one of those teams. Like the Broncos look like the, I can't even say the Lions of last year. They had some startable people, but um, maybe the Falcons of last year. Like they look like a team that has zero startable players on the team. You're just like, just avoid them. Don't care. Nope. Nobody on this team. Don't start them. Like that's who they're turning into. So on the Broncos side, I would say if you have to start Melvin Gordon, like, pray um put on your lucky shirt put on your lucky underwear whatever you got to do hope that he does something um but outside of Cortland Sutton I'm not starting anybody on the Broncos yeah I'm pretty much with you except for I do have a couple situations I might have to start Melvin Gordon and then we can move on to the Jets side where Brees Hall is really starting to break out into a very solid fantasy running back I was shocked to see he was actually top 10 now um but I guess I'm not actually shocked either because like running backs have been pretty bad <laughs> fantasy, but he's a 10, bad. he's at least a 10 point a game running back now. So he's in your lineup every single week. And I think it's the end of Michael Carter. And then at wide receiver, it's just so spread out. It's really hard to predict who you should play. Like you said, Garrett Wilson, in some cases, he's probably your best option. If you have to start a jets wide receiver, but it, the, the matchup with Denver is really tough when you look at it, too. Like, Denver is a mess. And we're saying Denver's a mess because they can't score on offense. But their defense has been keeping them in every single game. Yeah, these good old, like, <laughs> nine to six games ugly. Um, no, the defense is really good. If you're in bye week hell and you look at your bench and you're like, everything's red, uh, everything's fine. Yeah, in those situations, you can start Corey Davis in your flex if you have to. You can start Garrett Wilson in your flex if you have to. Know that you don't feel good about it. Um, Tyler Conklin is on the tight end dartboard, but right after he started doing good, he put up a dud. So, I don't know. (laughs) That's every single type. That is how excited Tyler is about Tyler Conklin. He's just throwing his microphone across the room. Like (laughs) I, I talk about a player with the name same name as me and, like, start smacking mics. It's... It's just what happens. That's how excited I am with a Jets-Broncos matchup. Like, oh my gosh, I have to like punch my mic to stay awake. Really, there's not, outside of Brees Hall, and if you have to start one of those two receivers, go ahead. Outside of those guys, nobody on the Jets' side. Let's go ahead and move on to a game that's a little bit better uh, than that <laughs> matchup. And it's really not even that much better. It's uh, the Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders, who have been a disappointment this year. Um, Darren Waller. Didn't practice. Probably not going to play again. Um, and, I mean, on the Raiders side, you got Devontae Adams. You got Josh Jacobs. I don't like Mac Hollins anymore. I don't really yeah. like Hunter Renfro yet. Derek Carr has been disappointing. Like, I feel like it's Adams or Jacobs. I mean, with the quarterbacks out, too, Derek Carr someone I'm throwing in as a streamer this week. Houston, not impressive. Like, no. if you're going to get a week of Derek Carr being good, it better be this week, and I'll be shocked if it's not. That's just where I'm at. Um, 
But other than that, it's just the guys you said. I don't think there's any really need to like overthink the Raiders. Um, so we can move on to the Texans side where Brandon Cooks is still disappointing, but you're probably going to end up throwing him in your lineup in a bye week situation because you hope he gets his 10. Um, he's still getting a couple targets. But I think really they're Damian Pierce or bust too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of matchups this week. They were like, yeah, don't start anybody in this game. Like, we made fun of Cody before for being like, don't start this running back or this running back or this running back. We're at the point where we're like, don't start any players in any games at all. Don't. Nope. Like, look, listen. Listen really carefully to me out there, people. You're probably going to have a bad week of fantasy, okay? Yep. And it's okay. There is a good to likely chance that in a standard or half-point PPR league, you're going to put up 90 points and win. (laughs) There's a good (laughs) chance of that. Like, that's how fantasy is right now. Um, don't think you're going to break your league record from last year. Um, that's not happening. If it is like, tell me what stats you messed with to cheat this year. I'd love to see it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's ugly out there. We're at the point where you're kind of like, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for players to play this week. And you're not going to feel comfortable about your lineup, but know that your opponent probably doesn't either. Um, so this is where, we really come into effect and you got to reach out to us and let us know, like, who do I start out of these guys? Let us know. Let us help you win because just because you don't think you have a chance this week, you might be surprised. I'm with you. Um, And we can move on to a game that I think offense might actually be decent in, um, in this four o'clock window, the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Chargers. I never thought coming into this season that the Seattle Seahawks would be decent offensively Aryan fantasy. And here we are where I don't know if I'd played Geno Smith this week. Like he's probably where I draw the line, but Ken Walker has a chance to explode. Um, DK Metcalf's probably still in your lineup. Tyler Lockett did not practice on Wednesday. I did not get a Thursday report before we started recording. Um, If he doesn't go, not only do I think that helps DK, um, but I, I, I just don't never feel confident enough starting Lockett anyway. So he probably would have been on my bench. I don't know. Um, but yeah. the Seahawks have been decent. Walker is equal to Damian Pierce. Yeah. Like, that's it. They're the same running back. They're both rookie running backs that are flashing more than we expected on bad teams. But as bad as the team is, you're still going to start that running back because they've been so good. They're the same player. Um, I feel like Pierce and Walker both are going to be guys that you're going to start probably for the rest of the season. You might get a dud matchup here and there because the teams are so bad. And when you have a bad team, they could fall behind early and start to throw the ball more. But um, the Walker's got to be in your lineup. It's just he just has to be Um, Tyler Lockett. Be ready to have a replacement just in case he doesn't go. Um, But if he does go, I don't like the play this week. But he's been good every week and nobody's ever liked the play that week. So he's probably still going to end up being in your lineup with all the receivers out. DK is a guy that you're probably he's in your lineup every week without question. You just, you throw him in there even with him not being as good this year Um, on Georgia's favorite team. Keenan Allen was limited in practice. I'd love to see him finally return. Uh, I feel like we've been waiting forever for him to come back. Um, Obviously there's some other injuries and there's some other players on this team. We'll get to all of them, but George, I want to ask you, how do you feel the value of Mike Williams is looking if Keenan Allen is coming back. Mike Williams has 
underperformed to the fact that like he's kind of gone back to two year ago Mike Williams where he is really really boomer bust and it hasn't mattered if Keenan Allen was in the lineup or not honestly I think there's a chance that Keenan Allen being back in the lineup could help Mike Williams like maybe that extra attention from the defense with him being the wide receiver one is the reason he's been boomer bust but we're not going to know that until we get a couple more weeks of Keenan Allen under our belt he really only played with him in one week this year week one um so I, especially in a matchup against Seattle, think I would probably throw out Mike Williams, even if Allen's in, just because I expect a shootout. Um, but I'm not confident in it. But again, I've heard the situation where it's like, I think there's going to be points scored in this game. Everyone's on by. Everyone's injured. Just throw out Mike Williams. You can definitely, I'd feel more confident throwing him out there. It's like, I'm looking for him than I am like, oh, let's throw out. I don't even know some random third receiver on the Patriots or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're starting Keenan <laughs> Allen. If he plays, you're starting um, Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. If he plays, I'm sorry. I am so tired and I am trying to uh, <laughs> bear with me here, guys. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, Austin Eckler is obviously in your lineup. I feel like Justin Herbert's value goes up. Um, to anybody out there who had Justin Herbert last week and got totally burned. I am sorry. Um, George is one of them. Fun fact, George went into a matchup with me where all he needed was 10 points from Justin Herbert. And we talked before the game and said, well, that's a lock. You won. Congratulations. And we were both in agreement, and it was okay. And then he put up six. Like, it's just laughable <laughs> how bad it was. Um, and I ended up with the victory. Uh, but don't worry about that. It's just because Justin Herbert got a really big paycheck from DraftKings. Anybody out there that doesn't know, DraftKings put out a super boost bet. It was double your money if Herbert throws one touchdown. And it was like a free money bet because that always happens. And then he didn't. So DraftKings wins a lot of money. Um, so they probably <laughs> just paid Justin Herbert to not throw a touchdown. That's over. <laughs> Herbert's going to be fine. He has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams mm. and still has Austin Eckler. This offense is going to take a huge step forward. Herbert's value is going to go way up. So um, I think you're feeling comfortable with any of them. Um there's one more game in the four o'clock window, and this is a rarity to see, but in the description page on our little rundown we do that you guys can't see. Haha. Um, it says no significant injuries. We're in week seven. Like, how does that happen? Um, and that is again in the Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers. That's big. It's a good game. Yeah. I mean, no significant injuries in a matchup like this. I get it. San Francisco has not exactly been impressive. But the Chiefs aren't a great defense. And San Francisco started to get a little bit going at times last week, like in the passing game where I didn't, you know, expect them to even be as good. So Jeff Wilson's going to get back going this week. Do not worry about the fact he put up less than a point for you last week. Um, the Chiefs are going to give up a couple of rushing yards. Um I'm kind of actually pushing the chips all in on a lot of 49ers in these bye week situations. Like Brandon Ayuk, I think is a solid guy to play a flex if you need it. Uh, Debo Samuel's obviously in your lineup. George Kittle is all obviously in your tight end spot because you can do a heck of a lot worse. Um, and then, like I said, Jeff Wilson, I don't know if there's anyone actually outside of that, but Ayuk's the big one. Like he's been kind of eh all year scores, two touchdowns now goes against the chiefs. Throw him in there as a bye week fill. Please. All right, George, ready for your tough question of the day? Hit me. I got two struggling receivers. 
uh, that both have had high expectations coming into the season, did not live up to it. Both of them finally lived up to those expectations last week, and they are both playing against each other this week. Would you start Brandon Ayuk or Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Really? I get it. Like, Mahomes is going to score points every single week. Like, we've said this, I feel like, multiple weeks where it's like, you're going to try to pick the games that Juju's going to do well because you know he's going to get his sometimes. But I just think that Ayuk is going to, in the end, be more consistent. Um, And in a good matchup, I'll just take him with the better chance of him scoring 10 than Juju going either 3 or 30. Yeah, I feel like they're both, like, here personally. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like the Chiefs have a better chance of having a dominating offense, uh, but the 49ers are the much better defense. So it's kind of – it's sketchy in that sense. Ayuk could very well do it again. He could also very well have no touchdowns and have three catches for – 25 yards and Debo gets everything and Kittle finally has a game. Um, but it's the same on the Chiefs side. You could say, I think Juju could very well have a big game or it could just all go to Kelsey and get. Um, or it the could one be guy, Nicole Hardman this week. You never really know. <laughs> you never really know. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with the 49ers, though. And the Chiefs, obviously, you're going to start Kelsey. Obviously, you're going to start Mahomes. Um, if you do have Juju with the amount of guys on by and injured, you're probably starting him in your flex this week, um, but he is like a borderline play. The guy I'm really questioning because every time we think we know what he's capable of, we don't. CEH, are we playing this guy? Are we not playing this guy? What are we doing with CEH anymore? I feel like you have to play him just because he's rewarded you so many times. I'm still not convinced he's going to keep up. I still think there's going to be a rough second half of the season for CEH, but in this current situation, I don't see how you can bench him until he burns you two, three times. Um, it's it, He's been too good, and I think you'll hurt too much if you sit there and you're like, I benched CEH and I lost because of it, because I decided to play, you know, I don't know, some backup running back somewhere, just because there's not a lot of running back options out there. Yeah, um, I'm going to stall while talking, because I'm trying to pull up some stats, and... Uh, of course, this is going to show it the way I want it to. Yahoo search is the worst search engine in the world. I just want everybody to know that. Um, if you're not using Google, you're doing it wrong. No, so the I'm Chiefs sure are what very you're looking for. Um, but I have his stats by game up. So what are you looking for here? No, I am looking for the overall rushing stats, and I got it up now. So I want to see. Yeah. We got CEH is averaging 4.3 per carry. Pacheco averaging 4.8. Um, and McKinnon averaging four. Uh, McKinnon is much more used in the passing game. However, CEH does have 137 receiving yards where McKinnon has 80. It's just, okay, so I watched last week and I was getting really upset. And maybe it's just because I was starting CEH. So that kind of got it in the back of my head to get mad. But CEH, I feel like, has done really well this year. Give him all the hate you want. Give him all the slack you want for the past couple of years. But I feel like he's been actually performing very well. He's been dependable for the Chiefs. And I feel like their reward for him is to bench him. Like, I feel like in running situations, they're bringing in Pacheco. In passing situations, they're bringing in McKinnon. There was entire drives where it was just McKinnon, 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 McKinnon. And it's like, why? Like, 
Jarek McKinnon's not the guy. Yes, he had one big run last week, and woohoo, like he deserves a touchdown. No, no. Like he had one good flash in the pan run. Most big runs are thanks to the offensive line anyway. So I'm pretty sure any of the running backs could have had that big run. I don't feel like McKinnon is doing that much for you where he deserves to be on the field as much as he is. CEH is your guy. Let him do it. Give him the carries. Pacheco is your future. If you have to go 50-50 split, fine. But not a three-headed down. Not a three-headed backfield. No running back has a chance to get in a rhythm that way um, or create anything. It's the same as I was mad about the Packers. But give CEH the ball. Um, As far as starting him, now that I've rambled forever, and I'm sorry out there, but this I gotta get that off my chest. Um, I feel like you're probably starting CEH unless you're like really gifted at the running back position right now. I will say in our league of record, I do have McCaffrey, Swift, and Zeke. I am starting those three, and I am benching CEH in that sense. Although it's like it could flip flop between CEH and Zeke because both of them had the potential to boom, both had the potential to bust. Um, but unless you do have like a three-headed backfield like that, you're probably starting CEH. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's just it's just hard because of what's around him, but I'm not convinced he's going to stay being, you know, one of those top 10 running backs. Um, you can move us on to Sunday Night Football. Two games to go here. I know we're starting to get a little bit long. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the Miami Dolphins, and one of the running backs who may end up coming back to being a top 10 that we were not in on last week. Najee Harris. Um, I did actually hear a report after we recorded that Najee Harris had a steel plate in his foot that he was uh, using to protect from a foot injury he's been dealing with that he now had taken out before last game, and he looked better. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't think the Steelers' offense is still fantastic. He's still going to hit bumps in the road because of that, but he's got to be back in your lineup at least, right? Probably. Um, Dolphins defense has been pretty solid this year, um, but they are kind of up and down. Um, I, I feel like with Kenny Pickett in, he has a better chance of being good. I feel like the offense all around, like Pickett, I'm not saying is like, oh, he's so good. Like he's not, but he's this rookie who's not afraid to sling it. And anytime you do that, it opens up the run game more because you have to play for the pass. Um, so I feel like he's going to have a better game with Pickett starting most likely. Um, I still don't love Najee Harris. If I, if he has a really big week this week, I'd probably try to trade him high, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, Frymuth, put him on the tight end dartboard. I love that man. He has not been doing what he was supposed to do this season. So whatever with him. Um, but George, my man, what are we doing with Chase Claypool? Is he a borderline flex play? Are we flat out benching him? Uh, if you're okay. If you have Tyler Lockett, Okay. And he is sketchy to play. Would you play a limited Tyler Lockett who's been doing really well, but he might be limited, or are you playing a full Chase Claypool? Is it bad? I still want to say Tyler Lockett. Like, I am kind of completely convinced that that Chase Claypool thing was a flash in the pan. Like, he's still the third in the in, in target, you know, volume in that team. He is maybe even fourth if Fryermuth doesn't leave a game with a concussion. Like, He's going to have his because he is an explosive wide receiver. He's going to make a long touchdown here or there. He's going to have a really long catch. But I don't know if I'll ever trust him enough to put him in my lineup in this situation now that their quarterback position is not like it was last year with Ben. 
Yeah, and I feel like George Pickens is going to take a step forward. I'm not saying start Pickens, but Pickens is rosterable um, with Pickett back. Um, Pickett to Pickens is just fun to say. On the Dolphins side of the ball, I feel like everybody takes a step forward with Tua being back. Um, Waddle is limited, but he'll, he'll probably play. I feel like everybody takes a step forward. I really didn't think Tua was that great, and I didn't think he was going to have that big of a season. But this Dolphins team, they haven't been bad without him, but they are so much better with him. Like, they, mm-hmm. they got a rhythm. I hope they find it again. I hope they go right back to um, killing it on the field and off the field and just become this dominant team because it'd be really cool to see the Dolphins in the playoffs. It really would. And they're a streaky team. So like last year, they like won seven of their last eight games or something like that to make it into the playoff talks. This year, they won three and then lost three. I could see them going right back to winning four or five in a row here. Um, so I'm excited to see them now that two is back. I hope he uh, stays healthy at this point. I don't think Waddle's an issue with an injury. He was limited on Thursday. He's good. Um, you're right back to where you were, but one of my favorite plays this week is Raheem Mostert. I think he's a guy that you probably picked up off the waiver wire in the last few weeks that you can throw in as a bye week fill. This is not the same Pittsburgh Steelers defense that we're used to. And he is officially getting the starting running back carries. I'm sorry to anybody out there who drafted Chase Edmonds. It's Raheem Mostert. Bless you. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. And I think that was the buzzer for this matchup. Um, I think we hit everything we need to hit. Let's move on to Monday Night Football. Uh, We have the Chicago Bears at the New England Patriots. And, oh, my God, NFL, come on. Like, we finally get the Broncos off of primetime. So you have an opportunity at a good game, and you throw us this garbage. Um, it's not even as much the Patriots I'm mad about. It's the Bears. The Bears are one of the most frustrating offenses to watch. They actually threw passes last week, which blew my mind. Like, I think they had like 25 or 27 passes thrown. They averaged like two a game. So there's that. But even with that being said, the Patriots defense is good, and I'm not starting any pass catchers or Justin Fields on that team. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not saying start him at all, but a lot of teams dropped Darnell Mooney because of how bad he's been so far this year. If Mooney is out on free agency and the bears are going to start throwing the ball again, are you picking up Mooney to stash on your bench or are you still leaving him on free agency? Um, I'd pick him up if you have the roster spot to stash him on your bench, um, and hope he has another really good week to try to trade him. Um, I don't know if I'll ever personally trust starting him, but he could end up being a trade piece if he throws another week or two of good performance out there after last week's pretty decent showing. Fair enough. Uh, also on the boat on the Bears side, you have David Montgomery, who is another guy that like you kind of have to start because there's nobody else this week. Um, but in this matchup, it's not somebody you feel great about. It's kind of like, uh, all right, Montgomery, like. It's kind of like in gym class when you get down to the last two kids and they both suck and you have to pick one of them. You're just like, all right, uh, give me George. Um, like it's just, <laughs> it's one of those yeah. situations where you don't like it, but you're going to have to do it anyway. So um, David Montgomery is going to be in your lineup. Um, on the other side, New England Patriots, Damian Harris was a full participant in practice, which sucks because he's yes. good. <laughs> but so is Ramondre Stevenson. And it's like, what do we do with this backfield now? What do we do? Like, I think the biggest problem is the Bears are a good defense. There's a legitimate chance that this is one of those nine to six games, which is why we hate seeing it in primetime, obviously. Um, but I feel like 
in this bye week, like I have Montgomery on our sits on the start sit article. Um, but I really basically say you probably have to play him, but this is a warning. Like you said, um, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson might both fall into that same category. They might not play well. The Patriots do like to run the ball. They're going to get volume. They're probably going to split 50, 50, but there's not really better options. So I honestly would probably say you might, you probably have to play both. If you have any questions, ask us like Damian Harris or X, and we can give you a better idea when we actually see a, you know, an actual situation, but I don't like it. Probably have to play both. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> uh, receivers. Look, I don't, I don't know. Jacoby Myers is a borderline flex play. Um, yep. I'm going to miss Bailey Zappy, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Jacoby Myers is a borderline flex play. Um, those tight ends are annoying. Because one week it's a Henry week, one week it's a Janu week. Um, I, let me just actually just tangent. I don't think there's been a Henry week before last week. I had a dynasty league last week where I had everybody on by or injured, and I had to flex a tight end, and I flexed Hunter Henry, who happened to get that touchdown, and I don't know how I did it, but thank you, Hunter Henry, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, I was not happy about it, but it worked. <laughs> hey, if it's working, it's working. And that's probably what this week's going to be, too, because this is another garbage bye week. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you have to throw in this scrub I picked up off free agency, <laughs> and then they're going to end up killing it. And you're like, see, I knew the whole time. I'm a couch GM, too. Like, shut up. No, you're not. Um, yeah, no, I definitely should have covered that a lot better. I mean, like, yeah, I've totally predicted that touchdown from Hunter Henry. That's it. Like, absolutely. <laughs> No, we're all couch GMs for a reason. There's a reason we're not running NFL teams. It's because we can't predict this stuff, but we're doing our best and we do the research. We do everything we possibly can to give you the best advice we can. Um, And we have a lot of championships between us to be able to prove that we have done it before. So um, if you guys need advice, we are the ones to reach out to. But look, that is it for all of our games. I want to thank everybody for listening. um, And... This is the last episode that we are recording before our main man, Cody, gets married. Um, So next time you see him on this podcast, which might not be for a while because he's got his honeymoon too, uh, he will be a married man um, and he will not act any differently because it will not change him. But um, congratulations to him. If you've listened this far in the podcast, thank you. And please reach out to Cody. Tell him congratulations. Um, Otherwise, Guys, let's hope we get some victories on Sunday. Please take a screenshot of your 90 to 75 win uh, that I predicted. (laughs) Take a screenshot of that. Send it to me. If you put up 70 points and still win a game, like send it to me with a laughing emoji. I'd love to see it. Um, Either way, thanks for listening. Reach out to us with your questions. Reach out to us with your pictures. Make fun of George as much as you can. Either way, this podcast is so much more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. Yes, this is Tyler, and I will say Cody should be with us on our Tuesday show next week before he does go away on his honeymoon. Tyler's gone next week on a work trip. So you got me, and you might have a special guest with us next week, so make sure you stay tuned to check that out. But thank you all one more time for listening into the Couch GM's podcast. For Tyler Snyder, I'm George Kurth, and we'll see you all next week. Boom! Nice.